You're listening to OMAG All Access, a podcast about all things affecting municipalities in Oklahoma, hosted by OMAG Associate General Counsel Amber Gooch and by OMAG Associate General Counsel Jeff Bryant. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the OMAG All Access podcast. My name is Amber Gooch. I'm an Associate General Counsel here at OMAG. I'm here today with Jeff Bryant, who's also Associate General Counsel and Director of Legal Services. Good morning. Good morning. So today we are going to do a little segment called Did You Know? And by by that I mean we're hoping to explain to our listeners some value-added services that OMAG provides that you might know about, but maybe you don't know about. That's going to be uh, really looking forward to it. Let me tell you a little bit about how I came to OMAG, if that's okay, Amber. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, so um, I spent a career really at the city of Norman, about 32 years. Hard to believe time really flew by, but it was a wonderful career, wonderful opportunity to experience a lot of aspects about municipal law. I retired in December of 2018, and then shortly after that, uh, OMAG asked me if I could come and help them implement some of their value-added services programs. And one of those things really was to provide some information to some of their member cities and towns. Y'all didn't know if you knew this, Amber, but OMAG uh, covers the tort risk loss for probably over 500 cities and towns across the state of Oklahoma. So it's quite a few of them. You know, another other uh, couple of other interesting facts is uh, there's only about 35, 38 cities that have populations in excess of 5,000 across the state. So uh, our state is a very rural state. Uh, I know uh, serving in a public office is uh, certainly somebody has to have a heart for that, and particularly in some of these smaller cities and towns. It really is an act of service. You don't get much pay over that. It's really just pretty much volunteer. So we're thrilled to death here at OMAG to be able to uh, provide to some of our member cities and towns uh, some additional information that might help them as they volunteer in that way to serve their cities and towns uh, it, with additional information. Just generally speaking, what is a value-added service? Is it something they're paying for? Is it an extra that comes with a policy? What is a value-added service? So uh, let me let me explain it from this perspective. Uh, you know, OMAG is a risk pool. So A lot of people would say we're an insurance company, but we're really not an insurance company. Insurance companies usually operate uh, with a margin of profit. A risk pool, though, although it operates similar to an insurance company, we're nonprofit. You know, we were uh, organized under Title 74 of Oklahoma statutes, and we operate uh, really just by evaluating and assessing uh, the tort risks of cities and towns that are members uh, over Uh, not only the current year we're in, but uh, future years, what we expect the trends to be. Uh, We look at torts that occurred in prior years where claims are still open. And we throw all that in a mix, and we set premiums and rates uh, based on what it would cost to cover those tort risks. But it's a nonprofit deal. So value-added services, we're really not charging uh, additional for that. Uh, But what we've thought about is, if we can help our cities and towns through knowledge and information and training and assistance when needed to do a better job managing their cities and towns, then more likely than not, the potential for tort claims to occur will lessen. And so it actually benefits the risk pool uh, broadly 
you know, if we can be able to provide those types of services. So that's really how we've approached it. Uh, we don't charge an additional amount on anybody's premium for value-added services. So with your experience and background as city attorney at City of Norman, um, I suspect you you are familiar generally, at least, if not specifically, with budgetary issues that municipalities face. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, the, the main thing on budgeting, keep in mind we're a balanced budget state. We have a constitutional provision that actually prevents you from spending more than the revenue that you bring in in any particular uh, fiscal year. Uh, most fiscal years run from July 1st through June 30th. There's a couple of different approaches that you can use for budgeting. Uh, Norman, we always followed the Municipal Budget Act, which is in Title 11, Section 8, uh, 101 at SEC. And it really talks about setting up your budget in categories, a, a general fund budget, capital fund budget, very specific uh, categories. Also, it encourages you to set up your utility funds as if they're uh, enterprise funds. And so what that means is they're actually operated as a separate business. Take a sanitation department, for example. They charge certain rates to every customer that's a sanitation customer for the city. And from those rates, then they use to fund purchase of trucks, uh, landfill tipping fees, paying employees, paying for the administration. Usually there's a slice uh, out of there for uh, financial work, uh, those types of things, which are actually provided by general governmental employees, but a portion of their time is usually a portion uh, to that particular enterprise function. So the whole idea there is to, to make sure, if you have an enterprise fund, to make sure that your revenues are actually paying for the service that you're providing for those customers. So you're an attorney here at OMAG. You're not a mu an attorney for these municipalities. Is that correct? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So can you can you explain <coughs> how that comes into play in your in the services that you provide? So that's uh, that's an important distinction. Uh, really, if you ever get sued, <laughs> and the reason I say that is uh, we really at OMAG, although we're attorneys here, we cannot function as your city attorney for your city and town. There really needs to be an attorney-client relationship uh, with your city attorney and those in your city to, to really provide really what amounts to is, is additional protections under the law. Uh, there's some legal principles that are in play in the state of Oklahoma that if you're a public official and you're seeking professional advice, particularly from your city attorney, on issues or actions that you might take, and you're following that advice of your city attorney, then right or wrong, as long as you're following the advice of your city attorney, then there's a level of protection where you can't be sued individually in case a wrong decision actually ends up being made that ends up causing some liability for your city. But then as an elected official, you have that protection as long as you're relying on professional advice. So we, we can provide suggestions, we can provide statutes, we can provide cases, and we're more than happy to do that. But usually when we're doing that, we usually end our discussion with you with, and if I were you, I would touch base with your city attorney, or if you would like for us to, uh, if your city attorney has a phone number or an email address, we would be more than happy to include them in this discussion 
so that if they have questions, they can ask us and we can hash through that together. But ultimately, we encourage you to follow the advice of your city attorney to afford you that additional liability protection in case the wheels come off the wagon. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's great. We know, and maybe some or most, if not, or all of our listeners are aware that in Oklahoma, there are four forms of government, council manager, aldermanic, strong mayor, and town form of government. Does the approach you just described in terms of the value-added services OMAG provides differ among those different forms of government? It's the same value-added services. Uh, the, the form of government might impact how your budget formulation process uh, actually uh, is uh, put into effect. Council manager form of government, you know, you have a uh, usually a professional city manager that's hired by the council to actually run their operation. The council acts primarily as a uh, policy-making body, and part of the policy is adoption of the budget. But normally the city manager will go and gather all the information from their various department heads or the various departments about what they're going to need for next year's operation, uh, what they think the revenue is going to be, and they put all that together and then submit it to the council for their consideration. The council will adopt or modify based on what their policy choices are uh, that particular budget. But that's usually the process on a council manager form of government. Uh, Aldermanic form of government, the mayor, who normally is elected on a citywide basis, uh, normally functions as uh, the manager. And usually the mayor doesn't vote unless there's a tie under the statute. But the mayor is usually more involved in the budget formulation process in that form of government. There's a strong mayor form of government. The city of Tulsa is an example of that. And that is also a mayor that's uh, elected citywide. And so that strong mayor really, instead of a city manager, functions more as the chief executive officer. Uh, There's statutory cities, which is usually the smaller cities and towns. Uh, Normally, the mayor is elected by the council themselves, but it's a little bit more of a hands-on approach uh, by the council on statutory city because cities are smaller. They don't usually have as many staff. Sometimes they don't really have the revenue to hire a you know, professional city manager. So it's really more of an all-hands-on-deck, and the council members are usually a little, bit, a little bit more interactive in formulation of the budget process and sometimes even in implementation of the budget. There is so much more I'd like to share about budgeting, uh, so maybe in a subsequent pod- podcast. But let me also mention this. We have some training materials that are available through the OAMA website. It's uh, uh, okmunicipalattorneys.org. And uh, we'd be happy to email some of that to you or if you can look it up there. It's in a recognition program, and there's a great video that goes through budgetary processes that was done by Frank Crawford of Crawford & Associates. And uh, he's got uh, about four different uh, videos there that you can watch at different times that uh, has really great information about budgeting, the steps you could take, why we budget, you know, what are some of the uh, statutory restrictions on what you can do and cannot do, and the time frames. The time frames are real important. Uh, under state law, you have to have your budget adopted before the, really before the end of June so that your budget can start in July. Shifting gears, let's talk about something else that affects our municipalities, the Open Records Act. So the Open Records Act, very important uh, piece of legislation for the state of Oklahoma. We, we get calls 
really all the time from different cities and towns that call and say, hey, I got this request for this particular type of record, and do we really need to give them that? And so we kind of talk through that a little bit. What are the provisions of the Open Records Act? Uh, first, it's helpful to understand the policy behind the Oklahoma Open Records Act. It's all about public access to governmental records. Uh, whether it's the Free Freedom of Information Act or other state uh, sunshine-type laws or the Oklahoma Open Records Act, every government agency in the United States, including cities and towns in Oklahoma, operate under a general requirement that records created, received, or held by an agency are subject to public disclosure unless there's some exemption uh, that's in the law that says that you don't have to give it to them. And the idea is uh, we want our citizenry to be able to be informed about how their government operates. And what better way to be informed than, uh, well, attend meetings, but that's another podcast, Open Meetings Act, but also to be able to look at the records that are created that document the day-to-day business that's occurring at your city and town. Transparency. Absolutely. Yeah, the more transparent, the better. You know, it, it helps. You know, people have different views of how they interpret documents, but the fact that those documents are there and can be looked at and studied and commented on actually builds confidence in your government. When you, as an attorney at OMAG, receive a call, for example, from a city clerk or a city manager asking about an Open Records Act he or she has received, are you providing legal advice? Are you their counsel in regard to helping them uh, respond to that request? Oh, that that's a good question. No. <laughs> the, the simple answer is no. Uh, the reason I say that is uh, there, there's a provision in Oklahoma law that provides some protection for elected officials. You know, our uh, cities and towns that are members of our risk pool are not usually the bigger cities and towns, the bigger cities and towns, Oklahoma City, Tulsa, uh, Norman, uh, some of those bigger cities and towns, they carry their own risk. They're not really part of our risk pool. We usually cover the smaller towns. Interesting fact about cities and towns in Oklahoma, there's about 35, 38, depending on which uh, census you look at, cities and towns that are above the population of 5,000 in the state. All the other ones are smaller than that. So definitely uh, we're a, a state that's that's uh, certainly governed by uh, rural communities. A lot of those smaller cities and towns, sometimes they don't have the resources. They don't have the people. They don't have the staff to really keep up on some of the finer points of how you operate your municipal government. So we're happy to be able to step in there if they have questions and visit with them about it. But whatever we tell them, we're always careful to remind them that we're really not their attorney. You know, we're attorney for, for OMAG, but, and we're attorney for the risk pool, but we're not an attorney for their city. We encourage them to touch base with their city attorney, or if they want us to include them in our discussion, we're more than happy to do that by calling them or emailing them and including them in it. As, as I mentioned, there's a provision in Oklahoma law, if you're a city council member, city administrator, trying to do your best to operate your city government, if you have a question that's legal in nature and you ask your city attorney about that and your city attorney gives you a particular piece of advice and you follow it, right or wrong. Uh, the advice may not be correct, but usually it is. We try to make sure it is. But if you follow it and somehow the wheels still come off the wagon and there's some liability created by the decision, then you're protected 
under the law from being personally liable for that decision because you've acted in good faith as a board member of your uh, governing body of your city, whether you're a council member or board of trustee, what have you. If you follow that legal advice, you've acted in good faith and you have some protection. Is that, does that answer your question? Yeah, that's great. Thank you. I appreciate it. There's also another resource. Let me just mention this to you. Uh, another resource that's available uh, through the Oklahoma Association of Municipal Attorneys website, uh, OAMA. Uh, presumably, your city attorney is probably going to be involved in that organization. But the, the website is okmunicipalattorneys.org. And it has a, a series of videos under recognition that talks about different topics that are relevant to municipal law. Uh, open records is one of those. And so there's a tab that you can tab on that. And there's a, about a 20 minute video or so from a city attorney of uh, uh, Mustang. Now I believe his name's John Miller, but he kind of talks through uh, some of the points about the open records act. And I think he's mixed in some about open meetings act as well, but you're more than happy to access that material. And, uh, and also please Use us. Please call us if you can, uh, or if you need to. We're more than happy to help in any way. I, I know we're out of time, but uh, maybe we can have another one uh, at some point in the future to talk a little bit more. And thank you so much for inviting me to talk. Uh, I have uh, a lot of words, sometimes not a lot to say, but uh, that's uh, sometimes in the ears of the listener. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us. And for anyone who has questions, feel free to give us a call at OMAG anytime, 405 405- We hope you can take something away from this podcast that will help your city or town. You can find more information about OMAG on our website at www.omag.org or on our Facebook page. Thanks for listening. If you have questions or ideas for a podcast topic, please send them to allaccess at omag.org. This episode is copyright OMAG 2023 under the Creative Commons 4.0 Attribution Non-Commercial Non-Derivatives International License. For more information, please visit creativecommons.org.